0: Gear up as Cash Miller and a team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the agency power show. Hello everyone, this is Cash Miller, the host of Marketing Masters and CEO of Titan Digital. We've got a great episode. We're gonna be talking branding and really building your brand voice. I've got with me Vicki Winkler. She's with the marketing shop, and she has got, I mean, of all the guests I've had on here, she has by far the most experience. Yeah, and she's been at it like 30 years and of all the people that I've talked to, I don't think I'm going to have anybody that has more knowledge about building you know, your brand and you know how do you build that brand voice and stuff, the importance it is to your company and stuff. Vicki, it is great to have you. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself.
1: Thank you. Well, I, uh, as you said, I've been uh, in the field of marketing for 30 plus years. I also, uh, as we talked before the show, I'm an adjunct professor of marketing and entrepreneur and management. Uh, so you know I got my degree in manage or in marketing management and so it just it's it's been my whole my whole life and so I own the marketing shop where we do uh, branding graphic design and printing and I have a staff of uh, four designers and uh, we just you know we work with a lot of clients in, in a number of different industries and I'm really super excited about the show I, I love talking about branding and kind of imparting some knowledge on folks and hope they'll pick up some tidbits that they can that they can use going forward.
0: Yeah. And like, yeah, it's really important. I mean, you've been at it for a long time. So, I, you know, you've got to have a real passion for you know, branding itself and working with companies and such. And, you know, when we're talking, you know, branding, a lot of people can misconstrue you know like logo design with brand they think that the logo that you see is the brand and that's not really what we're talking about the logo is an element of it but there's so much more to branding a company than just design right you know Mm -hmm. so we want to get into that today you know of um really differentiating and helping people understand, you know, what they can really do with a brand, especially small businesses, because it's like really a neglected thing. You know, so I want to start like, why don't you take us into a little bit of a deep dive of the elements of a brand first, you know, just so that everybody is, you know, really clear on what is involved, you know, in kind of putting together a brand, but what are the aspects of it?
1: Sure. Yeah. So, well, what I usually uh, go over with clients to talk about is the the four major touch points. Uh, So there's print, there's electronic or digital, there's physical, and then there's the human factor. So yeah, just as you said, your brand is not just your logo. Your logo is one very small, very, very important, but a small component of your whole brand image. So you know, when we talk about the, the print aspect is that's the obvious stuff. That's your brochures, your business cards, any type of uh, communication pamphlets that you have, flyers that you put out. Uh, all those things are super important. They should have your your colors, your fonts, the imagery, uh, your brand, everything is nice and consistent. Uh, and that's a, that's a super important factor. And then, of course, as we're all super familiar, there's the whole electronic and Electronic is not only just the the ones we think about, which is your social media, your website, uh, maybe email marketing, but it's also email communications. uh, It's Zoom calls. It's uh, it's your website. So it's anything out in the electronic world. And that all is super important, too. You know, the last thing you want is to be at a meeting and hand somebody your business card and for them to go back and then go to your website and say, am I in the right place it it absolutely, you don't want that reaction. You want to make sure that it all feels really comfortable and it's sort of an intangible, but when all that stuff fits together, people don't really think about it, but when it doesn't fit together, that's when they're like, Oh, this doesn't seem to make sense to me. Uh, And the same, you know, goes into the, the physical environment. So if you have a brick and mortar location, you want to make sure when people walk into your lobby that, it again, they've got a business card, they've met you, maybe they've been to your website. And when they walk in that lobby, you want them to know, am I in the right place? The logo that they see. And how many times have you gone to a business and the the logo or the name on the door, it's like, oh, I'm, is this the right, am I sweet 275? Uh, and so when they walk in the lobby and you want, when your staff greets them, when they go into the patient rooms, you want to make sure all of that stuff is also consistent with your brand. And then the last part of it, is the human factor. The one that's probably the hardest to control, but this is how your employees and and even how yourself conducts themselves in a Zoom call. You know, how they answer the phone, how they handle an email uh, communication to a client, how they um, conduct themselves on the telephone uh, or in a text because, you know, I know a lot of my staff, they're texting clients and and, and, you know, they even their texts need to be professional. And, you know, we are we always tout, you know, one of our strengths is attention to detail. Well, and I always tell my staff, well, your emails and your texts better be attention to detail, too, because it all is part. And so all those things taken together are all part of your brand image. And there's probably more things that I I haven't thought of or mentioned. Um, but, yeah, it's way more than just a logo for sure.
0: OK, so let's uh, let's dive into the you know, you already mentioned brand consistency, you know, and really getting it across different things because you brought up print you know, and you've got the different things you're going to use but when you combine print and you combine digital you know like what are the things you need to be doing and steps to take to make sure you're consistent across platforms and you know different types of advertising you may use you know what are the tips that you would you know you would give to make sure that everything stays consistent on everything? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I would say the first thing is to make sure that when you get your logo designed or if you've had it designed some time ago and is to get a brand guideline booklet that outlines the fonts and make sure you get your font files that you can install them yourself on your own system. So that if you happen to do a DIY flyer and throw it together yourself, that at least you're using the fonts, the colors and even part of the brand booklet that we put together for our clients is we have imagery so that you know, so sometimes, you know, a client will want the cutout pictures that are isolated, you know, backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so maybe that's kind of, that's part of their brand kind of part of their look. And so making sure that everybody who is going to be creating anything for your organization has that brand guideline booklet. And when a new employee starts, show them the brand guideline booklet, have them read through it, look through it, go through it with them, and making sure that everything that goes out is consistent with, that brand booklet And I think it's part two of just having a, a real honesty about your materials and saying hey you know what we know that our social media is lacking a little bit that maybe we've had if you know we're a nonprofit organization and a lot of times this will happen at nonprofits is that they'll say hey if you're in a, at an event just snap a selfie and then post it up on the Facebook page And it's like no 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 somebody should be the filter. somebody mm-hmm. it should be filtering through, and that they can look at that and make sure that it's on it's on brand with what you want to communicate. So, you know, lots of just posting a lot is is not as effective yeah. as posting less, but having it be on brand. And so again, it's kind of going through those four touch paint so four touch points and being really honest with uh with yourself about, hey, are we falling short in this area and what do we need to do?
0: That's it. You bring up an interesting point, you know, with the um, social media stuff, you know, because part of a brand is often the voice that they develop too. You know, It's not just, like I say, we think of brands as being too much on the, on the visual side, but when you're developing a brand, you're also, um, considering how it's going to speak to potential customers and such, and going to be speaking in, gen- in general in the public. You know, So, want to dive into that a little bit, you know, how are you considering, you know, that brand voice to develop it? Um, how do you keep it on track? So you don't, you know, get off, you know, like say, I sound this way here and then I go over here and I sound, you know, totally different because some of the best, you know, best ones, I mean, they've had all sorts of, uh, you know, voices and campaigns and such, you know, that keep things on brand. So, if you're a small or mid-sized business, this matters to them too. So, what do they go for the route?
1: Yeah. So, I would say to have a set point market on your calendar that you're going to do again that deep, honest assessment of each of the four touch points. And we even have we have some uh, resources on our website. We're actually developing some more that are kind of checklists. Um, uh, right now, they're focused on the marketing materials. And so we have one for the medical industry and one for the nonprofit industry. And it walks them through, walks a business owner through all of the different marketing materials and has them look at that and say, okay, you know, our patient forms, how are they? Are they effective? Are they not effective? The brochures that we have in our lobby, are they effective? If they're not effective, why are they not effective? And so it forces them to go through each one of those elements and i suggest every and it depends on on the organization and your company and how big it is but you know at least every six months to and and the first time you do it it's going to take the longest Uh, but once Mm -hmm. you kind of have that down to go back and reevaluate that and again the print the electronic or the digital the physical and the human factor and i know even in my organization and my company we're not that big but it's important for me, and I will have our we'll have our weekly team meetings, and a lot mm-hmm. of times it's one of these four touch points that we're talking about, whether it's email communication, and and those are some of the I think that the the underestimated things, the things that people don't always think about, like that are part of their brand. It's sort of those intangibles. Um, but again, if you sit down and you have a a method and a time, uh, you know, and at certain stages that you're going to. Do an assessment of them, and then again, like I said, the first time you do it, it's going to take a lot longer. But then to kind of do those update assessments and just to have it on your calendar, make sure you do it. Uh, and we all get busy, and we all get behind, but don't let it don't let it slide for too long. Um, and so again, you know, there's going to be times where you're going to look at, and I know this happened to us is that our social media had kind of slid a little bit Mm -hmm. and we were not being super consistent. We weren't posting as frequently as we should. We weren't getting engagement um, because we weren't looking at it specifically. And we said, Hey, we really need to do this. And so then when we assessed it six months later, it was like, okay, social media, we're doing a lot better on that. But Email communication we need to work on. And I'll even send my staff to uh, different trainings or workshops. You know, we had a proofreading workshop, a writing workshop, an email communication. And there's all kinds of things on the Internet that you can uh, that your staff can sign up for to uh, to just improve in those areas that you found that you're lacking in.
0: Hmm. I think it's uh, interesting. You know, the one of the things um, with brand voice is, you know, don't also focus too much on one platform to and neglect another one because you mentioned email marketing a couple of times and you can end up speaking with a certain voice on your social media and you want to be carrying it over, you know, to your email marketing and any other avenues. So if you're saying things in a certain way, even your copy that you're using in your print pieces and such, you know, the voice can be carried over and you want to stay consistent between these things regardless of, you know, the type of material it is. Like I say, whether it's an email newsletter and you don't want to speak a different way to people because often you're going to have, you know, people that are receiving the newsletter that also might be following you on social media and you could be oh, communicating yeah. in two different styles.
1: Yep. Yeah. So I know in our office, I have one individual who does the copy for our social media. Uh, she does the copy for our email marketing. She does a copy for the website and she does the copy for, uh, for, we write a blog for a couple of uh, nonprofit um, associations. And so again, because we wanted to make sure that that brand voice is the same. Now, yeah, sometimes I need to pull another one of my staff in to maybe write a section on the website. We always make sure we run it by her to make mm. sure that it's written in the way that we want it to be portrayed. So it's really important because people are going to, they're going to come across a blog or they're going to come across your website. And it, if it's not written in the same way, again, it's it's sort of that intangible where you don't even realize the uh, not necessarily the damage it might be doing, but the lost potential that it might have if everything uh, feels really good and comfy to people, and they know that they're in the right place, and it just it just feels right, and it helps to build your brand.
0: Yeah, I like what you mentioned there. It's not necessarily that you're damaging your brand; you're not you're not necessarily doing that, but you are losing potential. Yeah, because of the fact, you know, damaging would be that you would say something really bad, you know, and that can damage it, whatever you might do. But, you know, you're losing potential because of the fact that you're, you're off message. You know, let's say you're speaking differently in one venue than you are in another one. And that, you know, the reason that like big brands, uh, you know, you think of, why they work, why they kind of get implanted and stuff in our brains and everything. It's, it's not just a matter of that. They do it a lot. You know, they're, you know, seeing advertisements constantly. It's, you know, the way that they're saying things, the things that they're saying, think of, I always think of like some of the best, uh, You know, whether it's a jingle or a slogan or something, but that was part of what they made the voice. So they kept using it, you know, throughout. Um, I think one of the best campaigns probably is like the original Got Milk campaign and stuff, you know, where, you know, but they used it consistently everywhere and they did not vary from the message. And, you know, so it was incorporating into everything they were doing. So even to this day, which they've gotten away from, you know, they've, you know, changed their messaging and stuff since, but that campaign ran successfully for years. Right. Uh, and to this day, you remember it, you know, and I think that's really important because people need to be, be aware of whatever channels you're using to market to people, keep things consistent. You know, right. even if you're going to change your style, some, you have to change it across the board, not just in one particular area. For
1: sure. And and I think the other thing, too, that companies need to recognize is is internally you might get bored with your brand because you see it every day. You use it every day. You walk Mm. in the lobby and it's the same in the lobby. And you know what? Probably if you're getting bored with your brand, it's probably good because it probably means you're using it consistently. you're using the same colors, you're using the same font. And I know we work with marketing individuals that are at organizations that are outsourcing to us to do the graphic design. Sometimes they're like, well, can we add a little bit of green maybe? And we're like, no, you can't add a little bit of green because it's (laughs) not part of your brand. Yeah. Oh, but we're always, everything is always the burgundy and the gray. It's like, yep, it's, and we're going to keep it going, the burgundy and the gray until maybe someday down the road, we're ready to rebrand. But Uh, But we're not right now. And so for right now, it's going to feel boring to you. But we're going to and you can do a lot of things to make the communications not boring, but yet still be nice and consistent with your brand.
0: Yeah, I think your color example is really good because, you know, I'll go back to a big, you know, just using a big brand. You know, Coke is, you know, it's red and white. (laughs) <laughs> Pepsi is red, white, and blue. You know They're like, they have been consistent with that forever. And there's a reason for it. You know, they don't incorporate a bunch of other colors and such, you know, and some of the greatest brands they don't, you know, um, that's just what it is, but that's how you know them. And it, by staying on message like that, including with what they do with their colors and stuff and the way that they develop their materials and the, even the style that those materials, cause you know, you do a lot of print pieces and such, and there's going to be a style to how those print pieces for a particular company are developed. Mm-hmm. You know, And it may be based on how the logo is or whatever, but you're not going to go varying it, you know, a great deal, you know, even if it's a brand new piece.
1: Yeah. I think one of my favorite brands is the home Depot. I mm-hmm. think that they have, they are one of the most consistent. I mean, you walk into a Home Depot.
0: Yeah.
1: What color is everything?
0: Everything's orange. orange. Yeah. We
1: all know it. We see it. We see it on their postcards. And they shake things up with maybe different different imagery and photography. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, they've got tools and all that fun stuff that they can show. But uh, super consistent in their brand consistency. And I uh, just speaks to my heart.
0: Yeah. And actually, if you take that and you compare it to like Lowe's, Lowe's, you know, is more of a blue, white and stuff. But in all honesty, put the two two stores together and the orange is way more attractive because it is more out of the norm. But they've made that part of their voice. You know, when you see that particular orange and I'm sure that they've got, you know, it's a specific color code for that particular orange. Mm -hmm. You know, but when you see it, you know, it's Home Depot, whereas a blue and white is, you know, a lot more common. And so Lowe's is not going to stand out as much. I mean, Lowe's has of course been successful, but I think Home Depot, I say, you always know, yeah, it's, it's a given. And so, yeah, when you can do that with it, it's goes to your point about color. Don't go, you don't go injecting things that don't belong.
1: Right, right, right
0: so how do you work storytelling into you know building a brand and the voice and such you know storytelling is yeah that can be especially for a smaller business yeah you know, that can be a lot more difficult to do it's one thing to put my my colors and my brand out there it's another to post only certain types of things on social media or in my emails but storytelling is a lot it's a bit more complicated
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's become more valuable as well because we're all inundated with so many marketing messages every day. And so, and, and the, the onset of social media and everything in the electronic world has just exasperated that, you know, we have, we have billboards and then we've got our phones in front of us and we've got, you know, we go to the mailbox and we have you know, marketing materials, you know, coming at us that way. And so we're, we're constantly inundated. It's that, so when all of a sudden though, when you're scrolling along social media, and you know, I will scroll social media from a business standpoint, you know, mm-hmm. I go in and, and, you know, we can all get down the rabbit hole in social media. Sure. You know, I will sometimes say to myself, I'm going specifically to this group that I'm in or whatever it might be in my social media. And I'm going to look through, through just that. And so a lot of it is kind of the same types of post and you come across a story, maybe it's got some nice music and, you know, as long as it's a short snippet, which is important too, but all of a sudden, wow, that, stand, that stands apart. And when you're looking at, so one field that I find uh, is really saturated is the financial planning. Mm-hmm. And so financial planners, you know, will have posts of a retired couple holding hands on the beach. Yeah. Right.
0: Um, I, I know exactly which, which photo you're talking about. Oh my
1: goodness gracious. <laughs> I almost seen the same stock photo used over and over again. It's yeah. They movie.
0: they both wear like white outfits too. <laughs> <laughs> As they're walking along the beach.
1: Exactly. And they're just, boy, they're a good looking older couple, aren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and they're happy because they, they've retired with millions mm-hmm. of dollars and, but, then all of a sudden, when you have a video that plays, that's a quick, it, it can be quick. And I know I have a, a video um, guy that I know, and he says, don't worry about being perfect when you post a video, just make sure you're posting video, which, okay, I I, I think that you, you need to at least make sure it's good and not damaging. Yeah. So, um, but what a difference when it, it just, it brings out that personality and there's certain industries that. You really need to do that. And, you know, even for us in our office, what we we try to post on social media, we have little animated posts that are, you know, what is Derek, the senior graphic designer doing today uh, on his job? Or we'll have, hey, did you know how we actually design a mascot for you? Um, you know, for a, a company, and so those things bring that personality. And when you see people's faces, and you hear um, the other really good, impactful thing about the storytelling is for for nonprofit organizations. It's that that complex sort of story that is very hard to tell in print, but when you have a video of, or even if it is in print a story of a recipient of services and how it's impacted them. And, and this is where video is so powerful because you can, you can sense the emotion, you can sense mm-hmm. the impact that, you know, whatever your service or product has had. And it, it doesn't have to be necessarily a nonprofit. It can be any type of product or service because it really all comes down to providing benefits and it's people selling to people And the the stories are the things that you really can't bring to life in, in print or just plain social media, uh, without telling a story. And so it's just, it's, it's a great new kind of, kind of a new way to market that really brings the personality of organization, which again is a huge part of the brand as well. It's just another piece in the puzzle.
0: Um, yeah, that's interesting you mentioned with the video stuff, because, um, we've done a little bit of the, like, we do quite a bit of video production, but, um, one type of video is known as a brand Anthem. And I don't know if you've ever like seen them. I know you've seen them. You may not realize it. Uh, but a brand Anthem basically does that. It tells the story. Um, the product is in the video, but the video is not about the product. It's about the use and the adventure and things like that. So the best examples are usually like hiking. Okay. So you take a company like the North face and they're all, you know, jackets and, you know, whatnot, but they're all hiking gear and whatnot. So you don't, you barely see the brand. What you see is the hiker and the climb and the, you know, the adventure of it. Yeah. You know, and then at the very end, you'll get a mention of the brand, mm-hmm. you know, but you'll have something that goes along of, you know, it's about the great outdoors, you know, and that's it, you know, and North face. Mm-hmm. And that's all you'll get because the whole video, you know, whatever it is, 30, you know, 30 seconds or a minute or longer or whatever. The entire story is about getting out and, you know, experiencing that particular adventure. And that's the thing is, is you can tell with your brand those kinds of stories. And with video, you can really get into them if you want, because you can even, you know, big companies. Yeah, of course, they've got large budgets for doing those things, but you can do those kinds of things for a lot less if you really want. You know, it's just a matter of the kind of story that you want to tell. You know? So and it, you can really incorporate it into a brand and, you know, you make things more than just, hey, here's my product.
1: Right, right. And people really like to see that behind the scenes of how things, you know, and there's a lot of companies that do that. Um, but, they, you know, having having a, a videographer, come out for a half a day and just kind of videotape mm-hmm. each of the people at the workstations working and little, and then then you get them to edit and do little snippets, but then you can put all those little snippets on your social media, put them yeah. on your website.
0: Yeah, that's a great, you know, great example, too, because if you're going to make part of your brand about, you know, the people that work for the company and the things that you do, and potentially, you know, if you do something that kind of gives back to the community, whatever it may be, yeah, you can then chop that up, you know, use those clips and such and you can make, you know, and it helps amplify things you gives you gives you the content you need. those platforms and stuff and continue to tell a story and that's how you you know you weave the the story in with the brand that's how you use that storytelling aspect and there's so much you can do there
1: right right and i know for uh you know say an organization that you know maybe started out with you know a single individual and they they launched this little company and then all of a sudden they started to grow and they have people working for them and and, you know what will happen is sometimes i have a i have a friend who started a, a heating and cooling business and, you know, as he grew, then he was not always the one who went out to give the estimate for the furnace mm-hmm. or do the furnace checks. And so he was struggling with the clients that had known him for so many years. Or like, yeah. well, I only want so-and-so to come out because you're the one who's always done my stuff. And so they did a campaign where they, again, they did the videos of the other individuals that were coming out and doing service mm. to create that, hey, look. They do a great job too. And you don't always have to have just the owner of the company be the one that's going to service your furnace or whatever the service might be Uh, that we have very qualified, credible individuals that also work for us. Uh, So if they show up, uh, they're going to be doing a great job for you as well. And so it just, it really made that comfort level a lot better for, uh, especially those clients that had been around for a while for them. So that was really successful for them to do.
0: I think that's a that's a really good example because it's um, you know a lot of businesses, especially when they're very small and they do start to grow, you know they can kind of be stuck where the owner and stuff is kind of the brand essentially, mm-hmm. and so when you that's where you might want to get to a rebrand or at least a rethink of how you're doing things because you know people think of rebrand, I change my logo and stuff. Well, you could probably leave that part alone you know, because that's what you're, that's the, what they've seen visually. Okay. But how you're speaking to your customers is part of your brand. And that could be the pivot. Yeah. You know? So that, you know, like in your example, it's, Hey, the owner cannot be here for everything, but the owner has hired all of these people and vetted them and essentially, you know, has trust in them. And these people are here to help you, you know, the same as the owner would.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, we have a we have a a resource on our website that talks about when is it time to rebrand and it kind of helps people walk through, you know, some of those reasons. And that's part of it is you've had a significant shift in your business, but you're still utilizing the same brand that, again, it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to rebrand, but sometimes you do or it can be Mm -hmm. extremely valuable to do that. And again, it's, you know, when when people, when companies rebrand, all of a sudden people are like, oh, well. What's going on here? There has been some shift, some change. They might not know what it is, but it sends the message that there's something And it. Typically, if it's done right, uh, will send the message that there's something bigger and better happening here. And so, hey, I may want to I haven't thought about them for a while. Maybe I need to kind of take another peek. Uh, So, you know, that can be very successful. Again, there's been some shift in the business that causes where a rebrand might it might be time for that.
0: That's, yeah, that's a really good point because it's often, you know, people don't realize when they need to make that, you know, that shift, you know, or they, the shift has happened, but the rebrand or the change of voice, change of messaging, you know, needs to you know, follow suit mm-hmm. and people get stuck and you can end up, you know, you have that kind of a problem, like you pointed out for that particular business owner. And then it's like, well, that was, you know, the catalyst for them but also you you know so as a business owner you have to be able to recognize what that key point was when did that shift happen and then what do you do about it and often it is you know a different way of thinking for the brand if you you know want to be you know bigger uh, if you have more reach if you're trying to be more well known and stuff because a lot of businesses like say when they start small are built not just around the owner but also if you think of the branding the voice and stuff, but also in this case, the imagery, it might not reflect where you're going either. So it could be something where you have to make a full shift.
1: Right, right. And that's where just to, uh, kind of stepping back and doing uh, an objective analysis of all these types of items. I mean, there's just a lot of things that owners don't think about, you know, about, well, why would we rebrand? Well, there's, you know, let's look at these 10 different things and see if any of those apply. Boy, if Seven out of 10 of them apply to you. Well, then maybe it is time for your company to rebrand.
0: Yeah, it's, I think, um, you know, even the, let's say, whether it's, I won't say necessarily large, but some of the longest um, existing companies, you know, have had multiple, you know, pivots throughout, you know, and some of them very large and successful and stuff, you know. Um, I think one of the more obvious or at least memorable ones is Apple. You know, like say I can still envision the original Apple and you see that and you've got the colors and you've got the way they spoke. And they are, you know, honestly, they were a computer company. Now they're really an electronics company. Computers is a product that they have, you know. And so while we still see the Apple, it's got And they're a great, um, I, I think example of really incorporating the brand, look at the, the computers, just like, look at the styling of how everything is manufactured. Then look at their logo. Yeah. And you can see how the two, you know, I mean, they're all, it's so, um, I don't know, Simpatico, I mean, the logo and stuff and the way the computers and the color schemes they use and just everything is so consistent. Yeah. And we kind of take it for granted, but they've put a ton of thought into it.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And and just that, you know, they have the benefit of a a very large budget. Sure. They have also successfully because really, what does an Apple say about electronics? (laughs) Uh, But yet they have put it on everything. And they have made sure that it's backed by, and they don't focus on the apple. The apple just happens to be the icon, but it's all about how they, what does it, what does that case look like when you get it mm. in the packaging, when yeah. you go to the store and all that stuff, it's apple. And you don't really think about the fact that it's a piece of fruit.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, now, and actually, if you just said the word apple, people would, you know, how many would say Okay, I'll have a piece of fruit, or hey, I'll have a computer. You know, like they've made it so synonymous, you know, with their company and their brand itself and everything that you would not—if I just said the word, you would not know which one I'm referring to.
1: That's
0: right. Yeah, and and to take over a whole piece of fruit—that's pretty good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're doing a pretty good job. (laughs) Yeah, that's
0: been around for you know millennia. You know, so yeah, to be able to you know. Be side by side, pretty much. I, you know, yeah, they've really done it. And yeah, they've got a large budget to make it happen. But mm-hmm. I think that's the thing is, is like for businesses, whether they're large or small, to some degree, those things can happen for everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. so. To like wrap things up here, um, what would be your like key takeaways for what companies can do? Like, where should they be starting to look at their own brand? Because you've talked about rebranding and just evaluating where you're at, and how would you go through if you decide that this is the thing you want to do? Okay, what are some of the steps you should be taking?
1: Yeah, so um, I go back to you know starting with the the four touch points and having a really honest assessment. And I mean, really honest, Uh, you know, that a company needs to step back and you need to bring in a couple of other folks and you need to maybe bring in some folks who are from the outside. And you know what? The best sources can sometimes be family and friends and just say, really honestly, tell me, you know, this is what the company does. This is, this is some of the, whatever it might be, some of the marketing material, some of the branding and, and just kind of sit with that for a while and make an honest assessment of, you know how really are we doing? And then get an outside opinion from an expert that can say, you know, we've had people come to us and say, you know, we're not really crazy about our logo. We're not sure if we need it. And, and we've looked and said, Mm-mm, it's not the logo that's the problem. It's just the consistency of applying your brand hmm. uh, image with the use of your logo to all of the other things that they're that you're doing. So again, getting lots of opinions and um, being really honest about what you're doing and deciding and then and then having the bravery to say, mm-hmm. you know what, if I really need to rebrand, I might I I need to just do it. And we've had plenty of times I had a company that would have been around for 45 years with the same logo. And they they of course had a lot of anxiety, a lot of apprehension yeah. about rebranding, but they knew it was what they needed to do. And it was and it worked, it was right, it was more contemporary. And six months after we did it, He said, you know what, I honestly sometimes have a hard time thinking what the old logo looked like because the new logo is so in line with our target market, with where we're going, the new direction of the company, that it just makes so much more sense and it just works so well. And so again, I always tell that story because, you know, people can have some anxiety about rebranding, but when it's the right thing to do and the time is right, then you're doing yourself a disservice by not doing it.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. You know, it's like, take a hard look. And I love that. Yeah, you need to be really honest with yourself and definitely solicit a lot of other people's opinions and such and see what they think, because you're biased, you know, and you're going to probably be loyal to what you have existing. And so you have to often be convinced, you know, to do it. Well, get as many opinions as you can. See what other people are actually saying. Don't make assumptions about what you think mm-hmm. they're going to say. Yeah, so I think that is great. So, Vicky, this has been a great conversation. How would people get a hold of you?
1: Um, yeah. So, well, the best place is to go to our website, which is uh, tms dot marketing, and there is no dot com in the end. It's just T is in Tom, M is in Mary, S is in Sam dot marketing. And there's some free tools on the resources tab, and contact information if you need to get a hold of me. But I'm also it's Vicky V I C K Y at TMS Marketing.
0: And you are a brand expert. It's been great having you on. I think this is this has really been a great conversation. And yeah, it's really I love it that we can bring on such experts and such, and the experience that you bring to the table is just wonderful. Um, Okay. So my name is Cash Miller. I'm the host and the CEO of Titan Digital. This is, we've been talking branding and really, you know, everything about it. A brand is more than your logo. Be willing to take a really hard look at it. So I hope everybody gets something out of this episode. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. There we go.